Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Friday. Another episode of the Weeb Weekly. We are going fast, we are going heavy, and before we get into all the action, obviously we have to say hello to the main men of the hour, Mr. Misu and Travis. How are y'all doing today? Doing good. Doing great. Can't wait, man. Okay, okay. That's a lot of energy for a Friday at 6 o'clock. Mizu, how are you doing, bro? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I mean, Travis over here, hype as hell. I I wasn't prepared for that. Damn, bro, Ma- man's broke the sound barrier like that. Pulled on a full Kenny on on a, on a Friday, bro. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a lot to be happy about, right? We got a lot of new stuff, a lot of fun stuff to co- cover today. Specifically, uh, I'm wearing the shirt for the big release of the week which is uh, Moon Knight, but we got some other stuff. Before we get started, I wanted to say thank you because you guys absolutely crushed it on the Weeb Weekly polls. We had over a 1,000 votes for the third, like fifth time in a row. Uh, So thank you guys so much for voting. Um, uh, Before we get started into like the main, main, main hub of everything that we're going to say, Travis, where can the people find you? Hey guys, you can find me on Instagram at Travis the Sibling and TikTok at Travis the Sibling. Solid, solid. How about you, Mizu? You guys can find me also on TikTok and Instagram as Mizu Shogun, as well as YouTube. Amen to that. Hey, it's never it's never bad to start a Friday with a quick plug. You know, everybody knows where they can find me at least. Uh, I'm Tropical Joe. That's where you vote for the Stack 'Em Up, uh, and you guys have been absolutely rocking it. But speaking of. Uh, the sta- the stack em up had a lot of Marvel stuff in it, so it makes sense to start with a Marvel topic. Moon Knight episode three. It was absolutely bonkers. Okay, so we have the first introduction of the gods. We have a lot of stuff to co- to cover. What did you guys think overall? First thoughts. How did you feel? Sensational. Oh my god. And I and we'll, we're going to get into it, but it was brilliant what they did with how everything fell, how everything came together. It had me just angry at the show, but loving it even more. How about you, Mizu? Um, facts. I loved every part of this. Um, I love how we were introduced to the, the Egyptian gods and how they have their whole system and how they handle situations now and like what their place is. I like how we got to see more of, you know, both Mark and um, Steven working together in different ways. They have their, you know, skill sets and coming together in those kind of regards. It was actually pretty, there were parts where actually pretty funny between Steven and um, uh, Mark. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty dope. There, there was there was a lot of fun stuff to 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 explore. Um, we got a first look at 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 the family dynamic that uh, uh, Layla goes through. Right, we got a, a look at her mother, how she got her passports and stuff like that. That uh, like in depth spy element that uh, the globe trotting adventure part we also got. But I think. Uh, the big thing that we were worrying for, right, uh, was the, the meeting between the gods, uh, right? So we we, we got that, um, and I feel like this the first thing that this show this show did really really well um, was establish just how powerful the gods should be portrayed as, right? Because the only thing the only ones that we've seen so far are the Norse deities, which are strong, right? Thor is Im- immensely strong, just like Hela, just like Odin, but the other pantheons do not mess around. 
And Khonshu is not technically one of the most powerful Egyptian gods. And still, Fool was out here doing a solar eclipse in the middle of the day. Like, that has real reper- repercussions. Uh, and, that we're not, and we're not even going to touch the, the end of the episode yet. Like, it is absolutely bonkers what uh, Khonshu did. So, were you guys surprised? How do you feel that the imposing nature of the gods was portrayed? And then we'll, we'll, we'll sort of walk the people through the Ennead uh, meeting. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. I loved seeing the other avatars. I liked how they did that. I also liked the philosophy that these gods have where they're just they don't want to interfere with man, but the question now is, well, what do you really want to do? Why even why even have avatars? What are you observing? What are you observing humanity for? Facts. So I felt like it it opened a lot of questions. I liked the mystery of it, but my god, I think what I loved the most about the episode was where we were seeing Conchu on trial. Oof. And and when we saw Conchu on trial, it, I loved how in the earlier episodes they made it so that you hate the philosophy of Arthur. You think that, hey, ripping up Root at the Evil is flat out wrong. You want to kill kids? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, you don't even have... We were mocking it. Like, me too. Like, that's, exactly. That's why we were like, come on. Like, what? what is this? And this episode had us begging for that kind of justice. Because that version of justice, ironically, is the only kind of justice that could stop what Arthur is trying to do. Because as soon as they said, hey, we can't... As soon as the, at the trial, they were like, hey, we can't do anything across crime hasn't been committed the moment they said that i was like oh my god we need to release uh, Amit. <laughs> yeah we need to release Amit. <laughs> we need we need Amit right now we need Amit level justice right now facts uh i want to piggyback off of what jose said earlier about um the gods and i do like how how you said earlier Kanchu is not a very high level um god but we see what he can do. And I like how we actually get to see God stuff. No, nothing against the Norse pantheon with Thor, Loki, all of them, but as they said throughout the series or throughout the franchise with them, they're just basically space aliens. Almost. They're like alien, powerful alien individuals, but, but they didn't feel at times they didn't feel godly, but the, but, um, Kanchu and the rest of them, especially just Kanchu alone, I'll say, yes, this is what a god should do. The fact that he you know, blocked out the sun, the fact that this man literally turned back the stars in the sky, just like Spoiler that, alert. I was like, wow. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert from the jump. <laughs> it's all good. Go, 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 go. You didn't, you didn't hear that. All right. But, um, <laughs> but I, I like that. And then going to the whole judgment, I, that, that whole scene really pissed me off for the simple fact of like how we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, judging someone before they committed a crime, but I, I, I also felt like they weren't trying hard enough. The gods themselves Facts. weren't actually trying at all. Like, can't you say, Oh, he's a deceiver. He's trying to free Ahmed. And I thought, okay, aren't you guys God? Can't you guys, like, I want to read this man's mind or look at the man's track record? Hell, where's the compass? You could have just shown him, hey, look at this compass. This compass right here shows you where Ahmed's tomb is. Or, like, hey, um, what was it? Like, go through Mark's yeah, personalities. And when they called mm-hmm. for Mark, and they didn't, and I, you will think that Mark's saying that, yeah, I'm unwell, but you got to understand that he is the bigger problem here. And they're just like, oh, Never enough said he's free to yeah. go. What you didn't you didn't ask more questions? Like 
this is the worst botched trial I've ever seen in my life. Yes. So you're making me sit here thinking to myself, like, wow, I guess we humans are better at judgment and um, when it comes to law than you guys, because this <laughs> this trial was ass. <laughs> That's true. And speaking of the trial, one thing that we have to highlight is the absolute uh, majesty gem of a performance that Oscar Isaac is giving at this point, bro. Like at the beginning of the episode, we get to see a tease for Jake Lockley as he's switching from uh, personality to personality. And he's like, uh, he, he doesn't even know uh, the, the, the passage between confronting uh, the, the two goons in, uh, in Cairo to like literally, I mean, unaliving six or seven people. It's just like he doesn't know how he did it, or it, and it wasn't it, it wasn't Steven and it wasn't Mark. So like you, so somebody else is, is being teased, right? We also got the cap tease. So Jake Lockley is most likely going to show up in the next couple of episodes. It was teased by Oscar Isaac himself. It's pretty much a given. But the actual performances that we see in this episode of uh dude even steven standing up for himself and saying no you're not the one that's supposed to go on this mission it's supposed to be me i'm the one that understands cartography egyptian culture i'm the one that's supposed to be here so that that was fun and then during the trial that moment where conchu's supposed to be taking over and you see oscar isaac just like writhing in pain as conchu's like screaming in like uh in in in, in anger it's just like damn you can tell how much damage this is doing to to steven and uh mark both both of them right um the, the 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 other thing that i wanted to note is that uh yeah for for the gods i mean the gods that were in attendance are big boys and big girls like it's not it's like it's the ennead right we got horus uh isis tefnut osiris uh and hathor uh we don't get the full nine which is part of the uh, part part of the question of what the hell is happening with the gods, at least in Egypt. Um, I, I wanted to I wanted to to go off of that and and ask you, do you guys think that the gods are being legitimate? Do you think that they banished Conchu for a good reason, or is Conchu in the right that the Ennead has abandoned humanity? That's such at a least question. at least from what we've seen so far. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it to me that they've abandoned humanity. They're they're only doing they're only observing. Mm-hmm. And they're doing even observing poorly because if they were observing then they would have observed what Arthur was doing, trying to find mm-hmm. Ahmed and everything else. Uh, I feel like uh it definitely feels as though they don't have the benefits or the well-being of mankind in mind. At least that's the impression. So, yeah, I would say from what we've been given, yeah, they, they've abandoned humanity. I'm, I'm somewhat on the fence only because there was one Egyptian guy who was not in attendant there, or at least that's what I'm assuming, was um, the Egyptian god Bass, who's also known as the Panther God from Wakanda. And the Panther God is somewhat interactive with Wakanda, especially the Black Panther, since... Mm-hmm. Technically, her power runs through them. And maybe you could say that's that's her job. That's yeah. what she does in attendance to be attached to humanity in a way. So now it begs the question of what do the others do? What are they doing? Osiris, Horus, what are their avatars? What are their jobs? What are they playing at? So I'm going to still lean towards them. They kind of given up on humanity or don't really care as much as what is going on anymore. But they still might care because if they didn't, why still have avatars? Why True. still 
be involved in certain ways if you are and plus it sounds like there because there are the egyptian pantheon is pretty big yeah and huge. it sounds like and i like how they explained it that some of them went to a different realm of some kind so so the, uh, and that's what that's one of the quotes that that Kanchu is is trying to um that that's one of it. his case is based off of this quote right he pleads them to uh please just return from the opulence of the overvoid before we lose this realm so the overvoid is the so uh, for those that may not have seen the comics or 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 seen how the gods are represented, right? There's 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 certain. It's kind of like God of War in a sense that like at the different hubs throughout human history. So like Rome, Egypt, eh, 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 Athens. Like there's hubs where the gods flourish, right? So on eh, when it comes to Egypt, there's a uh, another dimension called the Overvoid or the Celestial Heliopolis. And it's a version of, it's essentially like in the comics, it's a pyramid. It's a huge uh, white pyramid in the middle of the, the, the cosmos, right? And it's oh. bas- basically, it's basically the, the field of reeds, which is a uh, paradise for uh, the ancient Egyptian okay. religion. Uh, but there's a, there's, a, there's a direct passageway through Egypt, right? So going to the, what's it called? The, the Pyramid of Giza, that's like a a, 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 a a an entry point for the gods to go back to Egypt. That makes sense. So, okay. so the, the the gods are basically just partying it up at the Overvoid, and then the, some of some like the, according to them, right? They use their avatars to fulfill their duties without causing too much attention to themselves. I want to see what Kanchu did that made them want to push them so far because they said that like you almost exposed us to humanity, and I'm like. I mean, all he did was revive Moon Knight. So, like, Raul Bushman left him to die. And then uh, he had already killed everybody at the temple. So, at least from what, what we're getting from Harrow. So, I don't know. I feel like there's 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 a lot to explore there. I do feel like there's... I mean, I, I've, I've had this theory for a while. And my theory, like, still stands until proven otherwise. Uh, I feel like the gods have been conspiring against each other. Because, I mean, we see the final scene... Ooh. Right with Conchu, which we can explain a little bit later. But where is Anubis? Like, unless until they explain it, I I don't see what they what they're doing because Amit is way too powerful. Amit has the ability to consume and judge souls with the scales of Maat. That's Anubis's job. And if you're supposed to be doing your job without causing undue attendan- uh, attention to yourself, where's the big? Where's the jackal? Because Osiris is not going to do that. Anubis's job. That's not that's not that's not his job. So I still think there's a big conspiracy theory. <laughs> X-Files theme song that we definitely need to 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 cover. Um but anyways, what was your fir- what was your favorite um scene in the show? In the in in the in the episode. I think I can guess which one it is, but Oh man. That's that's also a really good question. I feel like it's a tie for me. It's a tie between them shifting the stars. Okay. Because that was just like what Me Too said, just that display of God. Like when I saw that, I said out loud, whoa, that is crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing that? That's so much power. Yeah, just like that's nuts. And also the score for that was was beautiful. Like whatever that is, that's playing in the lobby of heaven. Just amazing. It's a tie between that and I think the very last scene where Arthur was 
talking to um Kanchu. Oh, no, yeah, Kanchu oh. uh, imprisoned, and he was like, mm. you know, uh, and you heard him walk down the steps and the <sighs> slight crunching of the glass. He was like, you know, I want to be very honest with you. I. I love dealing out pain for you. And I just love that that dialogue. I was like, whoa, this is this is real. What is Arthur about to do? I felt like it was just phenomenal. Ethan Hawke is so good at, at Arthur, so I, I loved it. And when he said when he said my victory is thanks to you, like you forged yeah. me, you forged me, I was like, Oh, he be genius. You forged me. Yikes. But I also want to know what he did to break Arthur. Because that was also what he said. He was like, you know, you, if you didn't totally break me, I wouldn't have... So I'm like, what... What? I hope we get more information on the relationship between them as... Um, him as the fist of Kanju. Mm-hmm. For sure. How about you, Mizu? Facts. Uh, one of my favorite scenes will have to be when he suits up, suits up again and fights those... Um, basically, pretty much those gangsters and all of them for... Um, old dude and one of my favorite scenes is on steven <laughs> he took over midway through the battle and she's like hey guys everybody let's chill the hell out and then you get in the stack he's like, oh take the body take the body take the body take the body <laughs> and then he reverts back but one of the reasons why i like this because even to this day i've been trying to consume a lot of moon knight info and comic stuff like that i've been watching shout out to comics historian and all of them and to this day, I still don't understand Moon Knight's powers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at least in the comics, I don't. Because in the yeah. comics, just, he he has powers, but when we're watching it, it doesn't seem like he does. He's just yeah. he's still using gadgets. He's still using all these other things. He still gets beaten up and bloody yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But in the show, it feels more refined as they mm-hmm. usually do in most of the MCU. And he said healing armor. And we see that. Like, he gets stabbed. Nothing really happens. He's not really damaged. He took all those bullets and then threw them right back at him. I thought that was cool. Like, okay, that's more simple. Thank you. Finally. I'm understanding a little bit. Something show me how is he super powered. And I can't wait to see what else they're going to give him in terms of um, abilities. And then I definitely agree with um, Travis with um, Haru's speech at the end of it. And saying, yeah, can I tell you a little secret? As he's looking at the statue of Kanchu, and he he goes into detail of what he's going to do. And yeah, that overall, I thought that was amazing. And one little tidbit I noticed that was we see the statuette of Kanchu, and at the end credits, we see a little statue, other little statues of gods, mm-hmm. which I kind of, it's at the end, it's an end credit scene, so you can't, it's an end credit, a little outro, but it makes you think, like, are there other Egyptian gods who also broken the rules and turned to stone and who are they and I paused it looking at them trying to see which ones that I, I could recognize and one of them looked like Set because I was, mm-hmm. I was surprised by that one too because Set is part of the Ennead but he's yeah. not mentioned at all so yeah. and other some gods I could also kind of see but I don't know to me it may be some minor but it seemed interesting that, Yo, uh, go, 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 honestly go, go. I I I was thinking exactly what you were thinking, and I do definitely think they made a very hard implication that they were imprisoned, and Mm -hmm. I'd go even further. I think the reason, uh, what you were saying earlier, Jose, uh, the reason why we didn't see the other gods, I think they're imprisoned. Yep. I think they're imprisoned. 
So I want to see, hopefully we get to a real explanation of like, yo, who were they? What did they do to get imprisoned or whatever? That's going to be interesting. Oh, another thing I also like to say is I like how we're seeing more of Mark's wife and how she is helping him out and stuff like that. One of my biggest gripes just in comics in general is how they handle relationships because to most comic book writers, like, oh, character relationship, no go. They can be in it for a little bit, but something has to end it somehow in some arbitrary way. I'm like, but I think it would be cooler just to see these people work a relationship, like whether it's just a hero and a civilian or a hero-hero relationship and actually see them grow. Like there's some iconic um, relationships that have stand the test of time and continue without any interference, such as um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Um, in DC, we got um, Green Arrow and Black Canary. You know, you know, Superman and Lois Lane, those ones. But, um, but usually the other ones, they just cut them off and we just, they find some way to break them away. And it just feels so unnecessary. And hopefully they don't do that with Marcus. I enjoy his wife. I like how they have a history. I like, even when all this stuff is happening, she's still on board. Like, oh, I mean, you've got all this crazy stuff happening with you, but I'm still here. I'm still here to help you. Like, you're my husband and everything. Um, And another thing with her, when Haru came up and talked about their little, like, his little truth serum for both of them, like, Uh oh, like, you're running from something, like, you're running from the fact that you can't handle the death of your father, and you, um, you, Mark, you're not telling her the truth about her father, and I have a theory with that, so I'm pretty sure that she, um, he's, I'm assuming that Mark had something to do with the death of her father. Yeah. Yep. And um, whether it was by his own hands or just happened to be there. So my thought is that I'm pretty sure that her father is an archaeologist. I'm assuming her father had to do something involving archaeology. And Mark Spector is, you know, a mercenary. And in his comic book origin, he was in Egypt doing some mercenary work. And it looks like, you know, in the episode with the two police officer um, cult members of Amit. They mentioned, oh, look at these dead archaeologists and all this this damage you did. Yeah. I'm assuming that one of those archaeologists was her dad. Or or he might have been involved in that, but maybe he was like, no, guys, we're going too far. And then stuff went wild. And maybe his friends, like as in the Bushmen, turn against him. And that's how he ends up yeah. in the situation that he is. Yeah, that's 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 straight up what happened. At least in at least in the comics. Like in the comics, it's a little bit uh, like there's some details that are a little bit uh, different, but essentially, yeah, they went on a on a mission in an Egyptian. Uh, a, a, not it wasn't a tomb; it was a specific archaeological dig, uh, and and Mark was hired by Raúl Bushman, who ends up being like his arch nemesis besides Mister Moon Knight, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, and then Mar- Marlene, in this case, the 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 equivalent of Layla, goes with her dad, which is one of like the best archaeologists in Egypt, to try to help the dig site mission. Um, and Raul Bushman ends up being like, I was just looking for the gold and betrays everybody. Layla makes it out alive with, uh, his friend Duchamp, which is, which is, uh, Marcel Duchamp, which is, uh, he's the, uh, the plane, the plane pilot. So he is referenced mm. in the second episode when he's like rolling through the, the, or the first episode when he's scrolling through the phone and it says Layla, 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 Duchamp, Layla, 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 Layla. So that's his, that's his best friend essentially. So we'll we'll definitely get to see more more of that origin story because it has to be ex- kind of explained. Uh, 
But man, that final scene of of uh, just showing like how he can change the night sky, and when he says, "I remember," when he's like, "Bro, we can't let ourselves be led by this constellation because even if we're searching." A, a, like a tiny like uh centimeter away on this map the constellations have shifted over 2000 years like there's definitely no we, we'd be searching for miles in different direction and that quote where conchu's literally looking at the moon is like i remember all of them i remember every single night and i'm like damn you, you remember like bro these entities have been alive since the dawn of time like as 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 time was created these entities emerged right so he's and and again He's so powerful that he can affect the entire constellation. And there's no, like, BS veil where nobody else sees. Everybody can see this. The entire planetary uh, alignment of the stars was changed. And that was, and the Ennead was like, you know, nope, nope, nope. The Ennead was like, I'm going to put you in a box, okay? Uh, I felt like that was the best scene in the show, at least for me. Um uh it, it visually it was beautiful auditory amazing and then uh i i it was the first time that conchu felt vulnerable that's what when he was when he was getting in prison he said he, he tells steven tell mark to save me please and oh. and he's just like like when he's in one knee just like he's about resigned to his fate and i'm i i, I was making a video uh and i was like bro conchu is willing to sacrifice himself for his avatar He's willing to do it. He's willing to... He, and, and, and you don't see many gods willing to do that. Loki would never do that. At least, like, pre, <laughs> pre the series Loki would never have done that. Like, uh, unless, it was, yeah. unless it was Thor. Like, because they, they, their relationship kind of evolved a little bit. But uh, I like the vibe that we're getting from this show. It's like a globetrotting, the mummy-style adventure... But it's very rooted in in the Marvel universe, and it, it it feels good. We also got a TV spot. I don't know if you guys have seen it. That shows it literally shows Moon Knight fighting werewolf by night in the middle of the Sahara Desert. And I'm like, damn! How are they gonna introduce so much in so little time? Because uh, they 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 just introduced Mister Midnight, but obviously that's like a one time thing because Gaspard unfortunately passed away. So. What do you guys see, see as the future of, like, what are your biggest predictions for the show? And then where do you rank the show right now in the echelon of Marvel shows so far? Not counting the ones from Netflix that just got put in because, I mean, Daredevil and Punisher are going to take that cake. So, <laughs> uh, To me, at least, I think that uh, for the future of the show, I think it's going to... I think it's going to dive into a bunch of stuff that we 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 briefly talked about. We're going to see a lot more other gods. I do think we're going to, uh, I do think we're going to talk about the Panther God. I think we're going to get a, a glimpse of that. Also, that personality. There was a personality earlier in the episode where uh, it, that personality killed the child, and it, and both Stephen and Mark looked at each other in the reflection. They were like, "Yo, who did that?" Yeah. Was it you, Steven? It's like, it wasn't me. And so we're going to get more about that. I'm excited for that. Um, I feel like this is widely different than any Marvel show that is out easily. And among all of them, I'd say that this is the best one. I think the character analysis is just way more rich and in-depth in this one than any other one. I think if there's one that's even close, maybe WandaVision? 
because you you go through her psyche and you see like the kind of trauma that she goes into and a lot of it is about her trying like the entire world is created from her trauma right so uh her trauma response so i can i could see that but when it comes to moon knight that dives into these multiple personalities and how different these personalities are to the point where you feel like they're two totally different people even me i'm watching steven and i'm like i hope steven gets with the wife i just want steven to be with the wife instead of mark like i want them to get together and stuff so uh, personally, I think that it's um, the the level of character work in this is better than any other Marvel show. In fact, last thing, uh, Oscar Isaac, he did an interview where he talked about how, yeah, he just got out of the Star Wars universe. Uh-huh. And he was really happy about that. So he was very hesitant about going into the Marvel one because he yeah. wanted to focus on independent films. But he read the script and he was like, I, I gotta do I this. gotta do it. <laughs> Something about this speaks to me. I gotta do this. And man, I could see why. It's such a character study. It's different psyches to analyze. I love it. Facts. I mean, I, mean, I couldn't say it better myself. And I think the part that makes, I think this series stand out just a little bit more is that the other previous series, the characters were already established through the movies. WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, all of them have been in the movie franchise already, then shifted to TV shows. Well, this is our first introduction of Moon Knight, and he is being introduced through um, TV. So, and the part that's interesting is that his character, honestly, could go anywhere. In the comics so far that I've been looking at, he um, seems like a street-level hero. There's something like Daredevil. He's always on the streets, but he handles, you know, bizarre cases of any kind, ranging from just, you know, psycho murderers to magical stuff or ghosts even and things like that. But the show picks it up. So to the point where, like, again, Conchie's doing all these big things that I can see him doing. I can see it, um, his character doing bigger and better things now. So... Overall, I definitely say this is definitely in my um, top three, top three um, MCU shows so far. I like that. I like that. I think it's definitely top three. I still would have Loki. Uh, oh. I, I I still would have Loki at number one. Um, I feel like the, the not not because of, not just because of the creation of the multiverse, but like for example, this is th- that was a totally different Loki experiencing all of the best things that could have happened in his life from a third party point of view like it's like he he saw in a highlight reel like his re- relationship to his brother flourish uh him sacrificing himself for the for, for the rest of the squad uh, realizing that his glorious purpose was r- truly just to to help thanos uh, achieve his goal right he was he was a pawn in a, in a bigger game right so that still kind of has me but this is the best introduction to a hero that i have seen uh, probably since uh, maybe like uh, I would say like the, the, well if if you had if I had four it would be uh, Black Panther, uh, uh, Captain America, Iron Man, and then Spider Man. Those were the four that were like really it, it, like iconic for me. Like how they introduced the character. This is right up there with them. Like I I feel like uh, the the complexity of the character is is highlighted in a way that we just can't wait to see more. 
I, we just can't wait to see more, right? So that 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 makes total sense for me for this to be one of the best shows on on uh, on on Marvel's uh, repertoire, right? Uh, and episode four is about to to, to 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 break the internet, and I can't I can't wait to see that. Uh, the the last thing that I want. Oh yeah, sorry, Mizu, go. Oh, I was gonna say two things. On um, one other thing, I want to say is like I like how this episode showed us the inverse because we are first introduced to Stephen Grant, and we see him go in and out of consciousness with the actions of Mark. And then this episode, we see the opposite. We see Mark trying to do his thing, and then Stephen interferes. And like, oh, those guys are let go. Hey, I gotta to talk to you. Like, dude, you just let us go. Um, yeah, that I love that part. And secondly, I I'm also looking forward to more of the Egyptian mythology coming more and more yeah. into the interview and explain because the director um talked about how he wanted to give a better introduction and understanding of not only just Egypt. Um, Egyptian mythology and just like basically parts of Middle Eastern African culture put into the show. So I'm definitely looking forward to that with um, Moon Knight and of course the connection with Boston and all of them with Black Panther and everything. Yeah, he's he's from Egypt. And for example, the 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 ceremonial scene that we see the 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 jousting that's a traditional Egyptian tra- uh, sport you could say. Wow. And yep. and the director purposely put it there so you, they could see like oh and and uh, this is what Egyptian traditions look like that are that have been passed down for generations and the other thing that he wanted to emphasize is that uh, it, sh- it, it ancient cities and and cities like that that have a lot of history should not be seen in this like oh my god this is this uncivilized like archaic city like no the pyramids are quite literally near the center of the city. Like this, it they're 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 trying to uh, paint these iconic monuments and cities in a way that's actually legitimate, and the way that they actually are in real life, instead of this uh, like I stylized, idealized, like old Hollywood way of of uh, um, looking at things, right? Especially when it comes to mythology. So I think that that was a great way to introduce the show. Uh, and I can't wait to see everything else. We also got um, the last couple of things that I thought we would be worthy of mentioning is including the Panther goddess uh, Bastet is the fact that we see her statue in the in the uh, in the show specifically. Like when Hathor and 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 uh, Stephen are walking towards the the center of the room to be judged, you can see like the the, the panning of the gods, and then like when she's walking, you you clearly see Bast like right in front oh. of you, and you're like. And I was like, "That's that's that's straight up, that's straight up bust right there, like just sitting sitting there." The other thing that I that I caught later on is that Amit's power is portrayed with the same energy color, the same energy style as Black Panther. So Bast, her 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 powers are usually portrayed as like this light purple, uh, even a T'Challa suit, uh, like the the way that it expels energy is a purple hue all of it and then Amit's power is also purple. So I that that was a nice connection visual connection vis, a visual uh parallel that I saw. Uh and then the last one was just the the book. So like uh, when when Mark was uh sorry, when Stephen was studying up on on mythology and and world culture and stuff like that, he literally has two books on top of each other, one for Asgard called The Old and the New Tales of Asgard and the other one was like The History of Wakanda. So I was just like, bro, he's literally studying all of this. 
Like he's he he knows all of this prior to becoming Moon Knight. So I can't wait to see how his version of Mister Knight, which is supposed to be like a detective uh, vibe to it, uses all of that knowledge with the power of Moon Knight. So I think that's going to be really dope. Wow. Also, uh, I wanted to mention this. Yeah. I loved the utilization of Steven later on because in the beginning we had this vibe that he was just useless. Mm-hmm. Even Conchu was like, oh, the idiot's back. <laughs> and I'm glad that with this new episode, we felt way more like they were a team, a well-balanced team, that Mark needs Steven just as much as Steven needs Mark to save him, right? I mean, even beyond the information that he uh, that Steven was giving them about the 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 his the egyptian his, history or yeah. what have you there was also just negotiating ne- negotiation wise they were like uh layla looked at uh mark and was like hey listen uh we should probably have steven here so you don't get us killed and it was <laughs> just like yeah i i love that he's useful i love it it's beautiful man uh it's it's, it's a great show and i can't wait to see ep- you guys' reaction to, to episode four everybody's reaction but i mean i think that's enough moon Knight. we've talked we've talked a lot about the man uh there's a lot of other stuff to cover especially moving from marvel to dc so a big thing happened yesterday it is finalized so it was teased for a long time but discovery as you may know discovery channel right so the company that that the discovery has purchased Warner Media, which includes Warner Brothers, for 43 billion maracas, bro. 43 <laughs> billion dollars. That's crazy. And they have made a big, big change. They said, first of all, it's being it's gonna be called Warner Brothers Discovery now, the the studio. And then they are doing a complete overhaul of the studio itself. Wait, so, wait, 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 hold on. Yes. Go. That's Wait, so you said Discovery bought Warner Brothers? Yes. Oh, they, they, holy they crap. bought Warner thought, Media. They bought I Warner Media. They bought the around. parent company, bro. They didn't even buy that. They, they bought the, the entire thing. I didn't know Discovery had money like that, bro. Yeah, they, me either. <laughs> like the Discovery Channel? Yes. What? Yes. They bought it. I don't know if it was leveraged, meaning that it had like uh, some bank uh, backing, but like, bro, they they did that. They did that yesterday. Wow. So, I mean, it's kind of like the argument people make about Arby's. Like, who's keeping yes. Arby's? Yeah, who's, keeping, <laughs> who's watching Discovery to give you $4 billion? That's hey, Shark crazy. Week Shark Week is no joke, bro. I, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even go cap. <laughs> oh, my God. But going, going off from that, uh, I'll give you guys a little bit of a breakdown as to what that entails. So, they're looking to overhaul the entire slate, meaning... That they're going to try to take and look at the mainstay characters, specifically referencing Superman, as reevaluating them and revamping them because they feel like they've been mishandled. The second thing is they're looking for a Kevin Feige style leader to give a creative and cohesive vision for the show. They specifically said they want a Kevin Feige like figure. Uh, and, and we'll, I'll get to I'll, we'll watch that we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second we'll get to that in a second uh, the other thing is they want to do more Joker style pictures for second tier characters which is very interesting so like they're trying to do like imagine a movie like the Joker for uh, Hawkgirl or for Mr. Freeze or for uh, 
I, I don't know, like a polka dot man, like some, something like that, but with that level of quality for second tier characters, at least for DC. Uh, and then the other thing is that uh, they want to maximize the value of the superhero stable, which means uh, that the, the, the Snyder versus is no longer going to be a thing. So the, the, that's, that's basically, they, they laid it out basically that, that that's not going to be, not going to be a thing. Um, and they they said this is the quote that I thought was really funny. Discovery believes that several top shelf characters such as Superman have left have been left to languish and they need to be revitalized. They also believe that projects like Todd Phillips's The Joker are an example of how second bill characters can and should be exploited. Uh, and they're also going to be pushing more streaming content based off of the show, uh, the success of the shows like The Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn. And the Peacemaker show, so like they're they're definitely gonna be in. Uh, they, they've pledged, bro. They've pledged they pledged three billion dollars off the start into synergies of Warner Brothers. So like they they're going ham. They're going all in. I want to know what your opinions are on that bombshell. That's a dang good investment, and I and you know maybe this is a. I hate hot takes. I'm, I try <laughs> give to give cold takes only. Cold takes only. But Fuego. The, fuego. We want it. The, the DC characters are better than the Marvel characters and are more well-known than the Marvel characters. And, and I feel like if we have some real leadership in the DCEU, it, it's going to be nuts. Because it's 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 there, like Calendar Man. Just even the Rose Gallery, the Rogue Gallery of Batman alone. Like if you you could do a solo thing on Calendar Man by himself, you could do a solo thing on Doctor Freeze. Ray Shal Ghoul. Ray Shal Ghoul. Oh my God. Um, a uh, Scarecrow. There's there's Poison so many... Ivy. Poison Ivy. Oh my God. There's just too. Much... There's just so much potential there. Absolutely. I love this. Um we'll see. We'll see what they we'll see what they do. I hope they make static finally. I want to see a static movie so badly, but I want it done right. So, Thanks. you know, like I want something easily with a hundred hundreds of millions of dollars behind it. So I guess I guess we'll see, man. I guess we'll see. Misu's about to uh, convulse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Listen, so here's the thing. I'm definitely super excited, but concerned just a little bit. Okay. So I'm excited that we're getting this finally, this rehaul. I mean, they should have been doing this since like 2018 or earlier. They should have been redone this. Um, with that being said, I am excited to see what they're going to do with that. I'm happy to hear that. Like they look at the Joker and also like the Batman with um, Robert Pattinson, the Batman as a good example. Same thing with Suicide Squad. Hopefully that with the way that sounds, um, it sounds like they're keeping those guys. And maybe we're just going to have a, a weird reboot in a way that, oh, these characters and the actors still are there. But like, it's kind of like how they do with some Marvel actors and stuff like that. So, but now they're just revamping it in a different universe in a way. So I'm down for that. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is like what that entails a little bit. I mean, the, granted, they have said what they want to do, but I mean, it's all about action at the end of the day. So what if they say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And next, you know, it's not up to par. And um, 
well, even with the whole like under, taking secondary characters and growing them into um, A-listers like that, that's cool. But it also depends. I'm not gonna lie. It also depends on who you're choosing and uh, who are you gonna make stories off of. Like you guys just said earlier, like it would be great if we have like a little solo series or a little mini series about the origins of Mister Freeze or certain um, Batman or other DC villains and stuff like that or um, other heroes. So I'm definitely down to see more what they're going to do, um, especially with Superman. And I, I actually agree, even though I'm a huge Marvel fan, we cannot deny the success and more the um, overall like impact of DC comics. Yep. Big facts. Superman, the first hero, the first hero. <laughs> it's first just hero, yeah. been tarnished for a couple of years. <laughs> Granted, no, no, nothing against the, um, Henry Cavill, I liked Superman. I wish he could have stayed because he could have done a great job. But I guess they decided to get rid of him. But um, Superman, and here's the thing. You, there's a lot of things you can do with these characters, especially with Superman. Because everybody thinks that Superman's a Boy Scout. Superman, it, he can be interesting. He, he's always going to be boring. And But I disagree with that heavily. Superman is very interesting. They just don't know how to write his character. Yeah. And the same thing goes with other, the others as well. And with that being said about them looking them looking for a Kevin Feige type leader mm-hmm. for this. It goes to the picking? reason I got who are you <laughs> picking? Look, the reason I got so agitated with that is because I was watching a video the other day of someone talking about the state of DC on the DCEU. And he brought up a good point that why didn't they take the two creators behind the creation of Batman animated series, Justice the Justice League show? And all of them. And of course, it goes into animation. Oh, because it was animated. It's not the same thing as live action. He said, yeah, but yeah, there is a difference a little bit, but storyboard's not different. Setup and all that other stuff is not different. Like, it's all the still same, the mechanics, just with the only difference is, like, you know, one's drawn and one's not. But they could have been just like Kevin Faggy like characters, like Kevin like um, producers, the people behind the scenes, setting up the stories, having the ideas. Those two individuals, their names escape me, but y'all can look them up. But um, yeah, they set up a one, a fantastic animated universe, or the minds behind the um, DC animated films. Yeah, uh, most of them are interconnected. Whoever I don't know the name of the person behind that, get that guy, get that person behind it at least for the setup. I'm not asking them to be 100% like. And again, I know that it's animated, but they could be just the brains behind the operation for this stuff. And I was just sitting here like, yeah, why didn't they do that? Why they kept getting the, no, they're against the credits of other people. Why why they keep getting these aloof people who clearly don't want to be a part of this stuff? Like, think about how the directors are in it. Like, oh, they don't really think superhero films are even that important. They think they're corny. Like, oh, that's why they're trying to add these little unnecessary things to add on to them because they don't, they don't see the value in comics. Some of them don't. So, yeah, I just thought that was a little agitated. I'm like, why didn't y'all do that from the get-go? I agree. I agree. And I feel like the the only other option is to get people that have been successful with that kind of handling such a large franchise. So I still think that Matt Reeves should just handle that Batman mythos by himself. Like, just let him explore the, the TV shows and do the Batman stuff with uh, Robert Pattinson. Don't get him involved in, like, greater big things because it's a totally different tonalities, right? And he was in a completely different uh, tone of uh, frame of mind when he was... Um, helping write the uh, the Batman, right? Um, a big one that I was thinking uh, was Peter Jackson, bro. 
Peter Jackson uh, made the best movie trilogy of all time based on a book, and that's The Lord of the Rings. Why not get him as the director for maybe not as the head spearhead dude, but could you imagine him doing a a Superman trilogy or a or a Justice League trilogy? That Peter would, Jackson. That would actually be pretty crazy. The man that holds the most Oscars like for a for a single movie. <laughs> I mean, that that's like that's that, that, that that's would... bold. That's bold, right? That's a big move. I mean, it would also be a, a matter of if he wants to undertake something like that, if he's even a, a fan of comic books uh, in general. But if you can do that for one of the most famous book series of all time and do so so well, I think you can. I, I think you can adapt something or get somebody like that to complement your movies. Don't you guys definitely. agree? Yeah, yeah I definitely agree with that. Like, which, like I said earlier, um, yeah, get directors who understand the comics and the importance of it how people love them instead of no just having this high-mindedness of thinking like oh these kind of movies are kind of beneath me a little bit like mm -hmm. oh i'll do it because maybe the money's sake or i'm gonna add my own little vision which is nothing wrong with adding your own little vision but some people tend to add their vision to go against the comics themselves and it's like dude what are you doing but yeah get people who want to be a part of it who want who love it and like hey i'm down to do it um, I'm putting myself out there. Hey, Warner Bros. Discovery Channel. I'll do it for free. <laughs> Specifically pitching. Superman. Oh. Specifically Superman. I love that. I love that. I love that energy. But hey, we we we're, we're expecting big things. I thought that the Flash was going to be the movie to reset everything. It's uh, clearly not going to happen. Yeah, uh, we all, we, we, all, we all, big big oof <laughs> big oof right there. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> speaking of things that are doing good, right? The, the, we're going slowly, heavily. Uh, we got the first episode or episodes for a much-anticipated manga adaptation. My, our boy Mizu has been preaching about this for a year, uh, and we finally got the first episode. Mizu, what did you think of Spy Family? Episode one. First, I'm glad you brought that up. So earlier I did in the pod i did little manga recommendations and i'm still working on that i actually have a list right now to get that set up again and one of the first ones i uh, mentioned was spy family and it's a very cute story it's about a spy um who's really good at his job and he has to go on a mission where he has to be a loving father and husband but it turns out his wife is not just some ordinary woman she's an assassin good at her job and then their child anya she is a telepath And basically, action, hilarity ensues. It's everything. It has, like I said, it has action. It's funny. And um, it gets tense. Even don't let the don't let the slice of life feel fool you. <laughs> it gets, it, it, there are times where it gets intense. I'm like, whoa, I, okay, it brought me back to reality. Oh, you thought this was a uh, kid's show. This was a slice of life. This is a show to remember, like, <laughs> I mean, in the first episode, show that. So I was so ready and so happy and ecstatic. When I heard that it was getting an anime, because I knew it was getting an anime, because it's that great. I had confidence that it was going to get an anime. And it did in the first episode, blew me away. And it's so important to me because this is the first manga or anime where I read the manga first, then watch the anime. It's usually the opposite. I usually um, watch the anime and then I get into the manga afterwards. But this is the first, this is the first manga I ever read on, on the Shonen Jump app. It's fantastic check it out um 
And seeing it from a manga reader's perspective for the first episode of this was fantastic. Everybody was perfect. Twilight. Anya is so adorable. She, I will literally go to war for her. Anya <laughs> is bae. Anya is bae, bro. Yo, the, I, I never read the manga, but I've always, that's one of the manga in the anime community that is just praised top to bottom like that chainsaw man it's like oh my god we wanted anime adaptations for this so when i saw the first episode i didn't really know what to expect i expected it just to be good i didn't even really know exactly where it fell genre wise and i've never in my experience of watching anime i've never seen such a well-balanced anime among so many different genres. As Mitsu was saying, it's action, it's comedy, it's drama too. Because as fun, I didn't expect to laugh, but I also didn't expect to really feel for Anya that way because you get to learn that Anya has been in and out of the adoption adoption agency and that she's been uh returned several times and this one time like she's reading his um she's reading twilight's thoughts and hearing that hey you know i might have to return this one she's kind of dumb and she's always trying to like just stay useful and even though it's told with a level of levity there's sadness to that like oh man you know it's just this is such a this is a kid who just wants a dad and you suck twilight for this it was it was amazing i love the animation of it i loved how just cool twilight is twilight gives strong 007 vibes like (laughs) strong 007 vibes but um and it's also funny because he also seems kind of he seems so entrenched in work that he's he lacks social skills you know, like he would, he would be at in in the episode they showed him at dinner with someone, and he was just like, "Yeah, it's over, bye," and he just left. <laughs> and and she was like, "What? What about Matt?" And he was just like, "Yeah, bye." And you could tell, like, even how he interacts with Anya, and even how he, uh, even thought about having a child to begin with. Everything is for the mission. So to see someone like that have even a small character growth in the first episode, where at the end of it you see him drawing toward this kid and you know for the first time he's relaxed in his in 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 his um career and he just collapsed it's so great i love it i love the man i felt like it, it definitely led up to that hype of of a manga adaptation that that could become a really popular and and well-received anime it, it it it's it's kind of a good shift from what we've gotten so far because at least and at least i i mean to me in the past couple of months it's been like high stakes high action very um either either very um uh, what's it called F- fantastical style or 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 intense uh, uh anime adaptations which is like attack on titan demon slayer uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. It all has to do with like uh, larger than life scenarios, right? This is essentially espionage. It's just espionage. I like. I'm. I'm guessing there's gonna be like a power system at some point, or like powers from other kids that were uh, experimented on. Because I'm. I'm guessing it's not only Anya, right? Uh, that's that's my guess, right? So the, the the there's there is a fantastical element there, but it's just it's a it's a di- it's a family dynamic intertwined with a spy f- movie. And I'm a big James Bond fan. So I am all in on this. I am waiting to see episode two. I hope it comes out today. If it doesn't, I'll watch it whenever it does come out. 
I think uh, this is a, this is a definite buy. Definite buy. Oh yeah, oh. buy and sell. We need to bring that back. Yeah, definitely, definitely buy for sure. Oh, speaking of bond, like yeah, for be prepared. Since if you guys are bond fans, there are a bunch of references throughout the, um, at least in the manga about spy films in certain ways. And we first got the first one with Anya. Her her subject name was 007. Subject Ooh. 007. Wow. Um, okay. Stuff like that. But yeah, I again, I cannot praise this manga enough in the anime. I, I hope everyone also loves it too because, again, it's a mix of everything. And again, it keeps you on your toes. Because of the hype behind this, I kept reading more of the manga today. And again, it, it threw me for a loop because I'm like, oh, so nice, so sweet. Uh, laughs, something serious happens. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot, I forgot. This is not, this is not a slice life. This, I'm not here. I'm not always here to laugh or uh, have a good time. And yeah, I love how you brought that up, um, Jose, um, Travis. About yeah, Twilight is definitely a workhorse. He is entrenched in his job, and we see that. And we're gonna see more of those um, interactions. But I'm also looking forward to. The waifu herself, y'all y'all haven't met her yet, but you're gonna probably meet her in the next episode. She is going to be. And we, we always have those conversations every time there's a new anime comes out. And everybody always has that conversation about waifus <laughs> and stuff like that. And your is going to be one of them. Your is fantastic. She is so amazing. The way she is written, the way she um, interacts with people. And especially what what she does, I mind you, she's an assassin. Like how she acts does not line up with her profession. Like if I met <laughs> her in person, I would have no idea that she was an assassin. Mm-hmm. I would think she would be lying to me. Like, okay, quit, quit cut the bullshit. Are you serious? Yeah, like, are you serious? And she and she she would be all national. Nice, like, oh, she's fantastic! I can't wait! I can't wait! And there's so many other characters in there who are so fantastic. We actually meet one of them a little bit. Um, we're gonna see more of him. The guy that twilight meets who gives him the information the answers to the exam he's important he's he's basically the resource guy every time twilight needs something he he's there to help out in different ways stuff like that and um i look at him as kind of like um kind of like krill he's short he has hair but he's like he's <laughs> there he's funny he, he's he's there when you need him all right all right we'll definitely take that uh well yeah you can find that in Crunchyroll I'm pretty sure it's it might be on other platforms but Crunchyroll is the one where you can find it uh the easiest um we'll we'll let you know whenever the second episode comes out because I think we're gonna be pretty much covering it uh for, for the for for the foreseeable future uh but with that being said I think it's time my friends that we get into the stack em up uh and and boy last week I pandered and I I, I pandered correctly uh I did gross. <laughs> it was gross grotesque how dare you <laughs> nasty that was so, I was gonna do the pot today that bro, beating was disgusting bro hey 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 I had to do it I was down bro it was like <laughs> so so okay Again, for the people that are, this is your first show, welcome to the <laughs> We Weekly. So the Stack em Up is a weekly poll that we ask questions to you guys and you guys vote on who has the right answer, right? So, uh, or, or the one that you agree with the most, let's just say that. So uh, the score for the season one of the Stack em Up with uh, the, the, the new season, I would say, uh, is officially three, three, and four. And it's the first of five. So if Travis wins this week, he will take the first season champ. He will be season one champ. So, 
Uh, the question last week was who was the better comeback story? Uh, we had Doom Patrol with Brendan Fraser. We had Kang with Jonathan Majors. Uh, and then we had Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I, I I picked Robert Downey Jr. And I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean. The only one that I think could have gone toe-to-toe was Michael Keaton. I'm going to be straight up. The only one that could have beaten him was Michael Keaton, I think. Fair. I think. Fair. I think. But this week is a more interesting one. We had a question come up in the polls, which was, uh, give us your most underrated and overrated DC film. And uh, let's do the spin, spin, wheel, wheel, name picker, okay? That's what we're going to do. Are you guys excited? Do you guys know your picks so far? You said overrated and underrated, right? Yes, yes. So one for overrated, one for underrated. I got an underrated, but I'm still thinking of an overrated. Yeah, overrated? Oh, man, they're all so good. I don't know. Mizu, you are going first. Ah, yes. Yes. Wow. Oh, no. Damn it. Damn it. Yes, sir. Oh, please move. Please move. Please move. Please move. No. Ah, Travis is going. Let's go. Travis is going. So it's going to be Mizu first, Travis second. I'll go last. So go, Mizu. What is your most overrated and underrated uh, DC movies? Oh, so, oh DC? DC? DC animated DC. movies, right? No, any DC movie. Any DC oh! movie. Oh, okay. I, I thought we were doing DC and Marvel. Never mind. Okay. No, it's DC. just DC, DC, DC by itself. Okay. Okay. Most underrated and most overrated. Okay. Hmm. Okay, now I have to think a little bit more. Oh, man. Crazy. I'm gonna get jumped for my. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get jumped. Okay, how about this? I'll say this. In my opinion, a underrated DC film, and I might get some hot water for this. Maybe, maybe, and that would be the Man of Steel, the first okay. Superman movie with um, wow. overrated, Henry underrated. Oh, underrated, underrated, okay. I say underrated, because here's the thing, right now, no one really talks about that a lot, and of course, everybody is so entrenched by the other ones, but I feel like Man of Steel was a solid story for um, Superman. Now, was it perfect? No, it is not. (laughs) But the one thing I will say is that I liked how they were willing to go into that whole psyche of Superman. Why does he do what he does? And you know, we see the true origin of Superman and how he has to deal with Because granted, every time we do the origin story of Superman, we always tend to look at it as him just developing his powers. That almost every iteration I've seen of Superman's story, it's just like, oh, his origin story is him developing. Oh, he knew he knows how to fly. He finds out he's an alien. But they also don't go in the the morality part of it. Okay, and like he in the beginning of the um the movie, he talks about his dad talking with his dad about how um yeah I have these powers. Why shouldn't I just use them? I can just do whatever and stuff like that. And he has that conversation with his dad, like yo, it, there's a time and a place for that kind of stuff. And um, I liked how that stuck with him going forward. And on top of that, even though it was controversial for him to kill Zod in the first movie which is still to me a no-no with that. But I do like the fact that you could say it challenges Superman. Because first of all, let's let's not sit here and act like 
Superman does not kill people. He doesn't have have the same rule as Batman. Not saying that he always kills people or anything like that. But I'll say Superman's convictions are different. So granted, yes, he did kill Zod, but I feel like there was a teachable moment because afterwards he kind of changed. And I think that would have been a great moment for him. Like, oh yeah, I did this thing in the situation. I felt horrible about it. I'm going to do better. As I grow, similar to in, you know, in the Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman, when in the end of that movie where he talks about becoming better as a hero because of how he influenced people. So I think The Man of Steel is a very underrated DC film. Now, overrated. (laughs) This is a hard one, man. It is hard because... But we don't have a lot. It's not a good selection as it is. Yeah. And to say any of these are overrated, it's like, ooh. Yeah. You could be in hot water regardless. Yep. <laughs> um, Lose-lose situation. It is a loose situation. <laughs> um, if I had to say one that is overrated, uh, okay. It's slightly. To me, it's, it's slightly overrated in my opinion. Just a little is the Joker. Now, hear me out. Wow, the Joker. It's because in my mind, it's between the Joker, the, the the Suicide Squad, you know, Batman, all that stuff. And I have to say, the Joker only because okay, someone made a good point on TikTok, and um, I don't know if it was Mesa Windu or Pandoretto. There's a lot of great content comic book creators on there, and one of them made a good point that. Though we like the fact that we're seeing a more intellectual Joker, such as with Keith Ledger's Joker, and now a more sympathetic, sad clown with um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, to me, there are times where I'm just like, that's not the Joker. The Joker is a clown. He's funny. He's not some sad clown. He is a clown. He, He thinks his jokes are freaking hilarious, even though they're freaking morbid. He has the whole stick at it. And, I, and someone made a good point that yeah, yeah, where's like where's the gags? Like, you know, like the acid flower, or he's doing a, he tells a joke as he's about to kill someone. Or like there was one of my favorite scenes in um Batman the Long Halloween where Batman is fighting all his rose gallery. Joker gets hit in the face and he lands on the desk and he picks up the phone, like, Hello, Stacy, can you cancel all my calls? I have to deal with an appointment, a murder appointment. And he hangs up the phone. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's messed up, but it's hilarious. And I'm just like, where is that Joker at? Where is the Joker? And again, I like how we're getting more in depth with these characters, but I do, there are times where I do miss Joker like that, or specifically Mark Hamill's Joker. Mark Hamill's Joker was, he had his moments of like when he was thinking he gave a little intellectual quip about something, you know, high, like high minded little convo. But there are times where he's just hilarious. He's just doing random things and just being a clown. And I think that I want to see more than that's saying that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker can't go down that um, path, go down that path or any future iteration of Joker or even Robert Pattinson's. Um, what's the what's the actor's name? I'm forgetting his name. Who's Joaquin in Phoenix? the. No, 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 no. In the Batman with Robert Pattinson. We, they teased him at the end of being Joker. Oh, Barry oh, Keegan. Barry Keegan's Joker. We, we, we don't know. But I'll say that because of that. Joker, the Joker movie is slightly overrated because I'm I I don't want to necessarily see a sympathetic or like 
the Joker. And plus, and here's the thing, even with that, we're not supposed to feel for him. He is a monster through and through. Like there's some, I'll say there's some Rose Galaxy of Batman we can understand. Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, um, characters like that. Hell, even Killer Croc, because he has a condition that turns him into a monster that yeah. he doesn't want to be. There's but with the Joker, not so much, especially with the things that he's done. It's like it's hard to get behind that kind of guy. And I feel like we should just play into that. Like, yeah, he can still be hilarious in parts like that, but we still gotta remember, yeah, he is a monster. So and plus, I feel like when you do that, in my opinion, it also takes away the scariness of his character. Because one of the best things about his character is that we don't know him. We don't know where he comes from. We don't know where he is. What's his name? We get we have all those multiple choice things that he has of what his um uh background origin. That's what makes him scary because and someone even proved it that the more you know about a villain, the more and less and less they look like a villain. And you start to care for them in a certain way. Maybe not 100 percent but just a little bit. And me personally, I don't want that with the Joker. I don't want to care for the Joker like that. I, I mean, I want, to, I care about his jokes stuff like that. But like overall, I, I see him as the living entity of chaos, and he needs to be that. So if I had to say a movie was slightly overrated, it would have the to Joker. be Joker. All right, all right, so, okay. Hey, under from look, th- that's a tough question. And honestly, if you didn't say it, I was probably going to say it <laughs> because that felt like almost the safest answer. <laughs> <laughs> It feels like I don't know. It's good. No, I feel it. I feel you on that. Um, oh, I maybe I should just get overrated out of the way. Uh, because look, we might not we might not be able to put this part of the podcast for what I'm about to say. I I uh, okay for overrated. Okay, I'm gonna go with the Dark Knight. Hey, diablo, cabrón. Okay. <laughs> the let, Dark Knight. Wow. Let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. <laughs> Sheesh. Let Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Christian Bale's Batman is not... I, to me, I don't feel like it was that strong of a portrayal of Batman. Okay. What the film really was hinging on was Heath Ledger's approach to Joker, as it should have been. Uh, mind you, uh, Heath Ledger unfortunately passed away from an overdose like uh, about six, seven months before the movie even came out. So much of it was, so much of the hype and the praise was about, hey, this is his last performance. His performance is goaded, it will go down in history. Don't at me. It's incredible. <laughs> Where I say it's overrated is because outside of his performance, uh-huh. I don't think a lot of elements are there to support such wide praise. Gotham doesn't feel like a unique city. Uh, the Batman's character, I don't feel like was that compelling. I felt like uh, Two-Face was fine it was fine but it's not none of these other roles i feel were near the level of what heath ledger did and the movie is more of a time capsule of just heath ledger's incredible performance i think it's i love the movie i think it's a great movie 
Don't get me wrong, I love the movie. But if there if I'm a gun to my head, I have to pick one movie that's overrated. It would probably be be it, especially because of what we have now with the Batman. Now what I see, what the Batman can actually be with how uh, Robert Pattinson played the Batman, how the Riddler was played, how Penguin was played, how Jim Gordon was played, this, how Gotham was interpreted. This is what it's supposed to be. This is what it could be. To me, that's my dream film for Batman. And I feel like in a Joker film, it didn't really go into the philosophy of Batman's justice. And that's a disservice because so much of Joker and Batman's um, relationship is because of Batman's philosophy on justice. That's what made Batman Under the Red Hood such a compelling film. And I'll get to that in a second. But what made it amazing is because the Joker is reflecting how Batman actually fights crime, why he does it. And they didn't dive into that at all. It just felt like Batman's chasing a crazy dude and Batman's the only person that could stop him. There was no philosophical undertone there. And I feel like that's a missed moment. And that's why, to me, it's a little overrated. I'm, okay. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of agree with you. And my wife actually agrees with you full heartedly. Ever since she saw the Batman, she was just like, can I tell you something? I was like, what? Like, after seeing that, I like this more than The Dark Knight. And I was looking back at it, and I watched The Dark Knight actually three times in the last, I think, three weeks. And I was just like, yeah, like if you take... The, there, it's still overall a great movie and all, but if you take away Heath Ledger's Joker, it's it's still okay, but it's like... It doesn't really feel like a Batman, like, oh yeah, this is this is the most iconic Batman film I can think of, or like feels like Batman in my opinion, in my, like in my opinion. And plus as a big, huge fan of Two-Face, just for him to do that just in one film, I feel like, no, I wanted more of Two-Face. I wanted to see him grow and all that stuff, but just made a one note. That's just my opinion. But yeah, that's a great choice. No, yeah. So, so I, that, that's it. Nothing against Heath Ledger's performance. I just think that, especially with the bat, the Batman, how, as we have it now, we can see, how a Batman can be done really well layered with all the philosophical elements hit when it comes to underrated. Okay. This was tough, but I would say what is underrated is flashpoint paradox. Okay. Nice. Flashpoint paradox is underrated. I feel like we, we all love Batman under the red hood. Everyone talks about it. It's wonderful. I think we all love the DC animated films in general, but I don't see the, Batman uh, Paradox praised as much as it should be, honestly. Um, I felt like it was such a great stab at a multiverse. Like, just different timeline kind of thing. And, and, you know, we were speaking about... We were speaking about uh, the DC Universe and how it's going to be under WB earlier. I really think that one path I think I would love for them to go down is the Thomas Wayne Batman. When mm-hmm. the way we saw the Thomas Wayne Batman portrayed in Flash Paradox was incredible. It was super fleshed out. It was really interesting Thomas Wayne um losing his son on that night when they were getting robbed instead of uh 
Thomas Wayne and his wife being killed and that leading to Bruce Wayne becoming Batman, I felt like it was sensational. The, the alluding to his wife becoming the Joker because of the trauma of that night. Like, that's such a really interesting story. I wish, I really hope it turns into something. The voice acting in it was exceptional. It also has one of the most tear-jerking uh, endings for a DC animated film, where The Flash uh, gives a note to Batman from his father. And you see that interaction. I was like, let's go. Like, it deserves way more praise than it gets. Okay, I'll take that. So, so far, just to keep people, um, you know, in the loop, for Mizu, the overrated movie is The Joker, the underrated Man of Steel. For Travis, overrated The Dark Knight, and underrated is the Flashpoint Paradox. I feel that that's tough to follow up, but I got two. I got two good picks. Okay. And you know how we do it here in the Weeb Weekly. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the Weeb Weekly if we didn't have hot takes. <gasps> oh Lord. Oh. <laughs> uh, the most overrated DC movie is the Snyder Cut. I'm gonna be straight up. Fair. The most overrated DC movie is the freaking Snyder Cut. I'm not even going to lie. So it is, it is, so again, the Snyder Cut is a complete overhaul, I would say, uh, thematically to what the Justice League gave us, which was ass in the beginning. I'm going to be straight up. Um, Making Cyborg the emotional center of the Justice League was the good way to go. That was lit. It was important as a connective tissue in order to get the connection to Wonder Woman, the connection to his dad, the connection to the mother boxes. Getting all of that and and actually him being the linchpin in the success of the um, Justice League in, in and of itself was good. I'm a big fan of Ben Affleck's Batman. He was just given the, the wrong uh, area to shine in because BVS wasn't great. Uh, the first Justice League also wasn't great. The This is the movie where I saw, oh, this had potential. And even he was so sick of all the all the BS on set and, and with the studio intervention, the lack of cohesive vision, that he was just sick of playing Batman. He was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it for one more time. And the only, th- the, only, the only way he would do it is with a good story, which is The Flash, which apparently after the test screenings is really, really good. So um, I'm I, I'm upset that people... Uh, I'm I'm not upset. I'm just like a, a, a little bit surprised that people give it like this praise of like a majestic piece of art when it's really not. It's not. It's not that. It's not. It's the thing is. It's it's a good movie for what it tried to do. It's a it's a great comeback. I would say it's a great comeback from what it originally gave us. But I have five or ten superhero movies that are way better than it, and 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 even in DC. Even in DC, and you know why? Because the 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 uh, the the character study for each individual piece is what makes the Justice League shine. I felt like, for example, Aquaman was slightly touched better on this, and but like there was no light on his story, his motivation, his his drive. That was better covered in the Aquaman movie than in the Justice League. Like, what did what did he do in the Justice League that made him feel like I would have rather had Black uh, Black Panther, Green Lantern? We had pictures of the Green Lantern showing up in this in the film. I would have rather had him, the Martian Manhunter. What? Where was he? Where was he? He's one of the most powerful D- DC superheroes. When he when John Johns gets over his fear of fire, he literally becomes a, a, a godlike figure. 
Like wh- how how do we not, how do we miss how do we miss with this? Uh, the the fact that the, the the saving grace of this movie in terms of like spectacle or whatever is the flash scene, flash going into the speed force, and considering the end of flash is very very near at least the current flash that we know. Come on, man! Like it's 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 not the masterpiece that everybody makes it out to be. It's a good movie. It's not great. However, if you want to get a good piece of action, a good piece of story, the best version of Batman, the best version of the Joker, the best story I think in terms of explaining the, the what Batman should be and his message going up against the Joker, the most underrated movie from DC. Is the Batman Beyond movie? Oh, the Batman Beyond movie. Yes. Okay. The, what so, a twist! So, in my, in my, in my, in my estimation, the best DC animated movies, at least Batman related. Well, they're mostly Batman movies. Yes, but like it, it to me, it goes Mask of the Phantasm to me, Under the Red Hood, and then Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond has the best pairing of the Joker and Batman. Ever. It is it is it is Mark Hamill and it is Kevin Conroy. And in this version, you get another one thrown in the mix, Terry uh McGinnis, who goes up against the Joker and he plays he he uses his own his own twisted way of of uh of thinking to take the Joker out in his own at his own game. There's a scene where he where, where where Terry is literally annoying the Joker with his same laugh, his same jokes, saying laughing at him and being like, "Bro, you're just a man out of time." And the Joker is annoyed at this level of torment and he's like, "All right, you're you're nothing like the other Batman." Cuz he's annoyed that Terry is so much like more uh, he's a he's a step ahead of the Joker in this case. Terry did a great job. Uh, I, I forget the voice actor for that did uh, Terry McGinnis, uh, but he went up against the clown prince of uh, clown prince of crime and he won. We also see Tim Drake, bro. The moment where Tim Drake is with Batgirl and he's like he's literally like in the Joker costume and starts to cry, like literally just goes to his feet and like is like laughing and crying at the same time. That shit gives me goosebumps. It's it has failure, redemption, fun. It's it, the score is sensational. The graphics for it, I, when did it come out? I'm, I, let me let me double check, bro. It was released in 2000, and that has better CGI than the Snyder cut. I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> come on, man, come on, man. Don't don't give it to me like don't don't, don't give it to me like that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm obviously kidding with the with, with the come on, Snyder fans, just chill. <laughs> but yes, that is the most underrated DC movie. Uh, to my in my estimation, the other one that might make it to that list as well, uh, which was my other pick, which I won't uh, go deep into, was Watchmen. Watchmen is probably one of the most underrated uh, DC films, and I'm so glad that it got a show because the show is banging. But my pick again, underrated, uh, Batman Beyond. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's on HBO Max. Uh, and overrated, uh, uh, L in the Justice League. So, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is also one of my favorite um, Batman films. It's because if you think about it, from the get-go, when it first was like announced, like, oh, the return of the Joker, oh, this can go south really badly. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be terrible. But the way they structured it, everything was amazing. Especially that's one of my favorite lines from the Joker in the past when he's talking to Batman, he finds out his secret identity. He's like, oh, and after I got him 
down to his knees. The lad told me such secrets about you, Bruce. And then he was just like, oh, under that mask, you're just a little boy crying from mommy and daddy. It would be so funny if it wasn't so damn pathetic. <laughs> oh, what the hell? I'll laugh at him. <laughs> And I was like, wow, Joker, wow. I I never felt like, you know, man, put this man down. And um, and yeah, it was Facts. all of it. And then we just said with Terry McGinnis being the man that right there proved that he was Batman. Because mm-hmm. not even Batman could Bruce Wayne could stop Joker or beat him at his own game when he said, No, just ignore him, just power through. He likes to talk. And Terry was like, wait, I like to talk. And just played him at his own game. Uh-huh beautiful great film that is facts that is underrated it is fantastic batman beyond in general is just underrated yeah. it's amazing absolutely facts hey hey that's how we do it over here it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hot if we didn't do hot takes but yeah that's uh that's mostly all that we had for the stack em up again you can find it at, at i'm tropical joe uh, as soon as this uh podcast goes up which it will go up tomorrow on all of your favorite um platforms we will have clips for you for next week you guys seem to love those clips uh and we'll be putting up those as well so you can vote on my instagram uh stories just vote for each one since it's two separate categories i'll just uh put them in two separate sections and then i'll add them up and average them that's a movie quote if you if you guys know which movie quote that uh well uh, tv show quote is uh y'all y'all will definitely get a props for me Uh, uh but again the choices for mizu underrated man of steel for travis underrated uh, flashpoint paradox and for me underrated batman beyond for mizu overrated the joker for travis overrated the dark knight and for me overrated the mother friggin snyder cut so that's all we got again i love you got uh-huh oh i love how you were nervous like oh we're gonna disagree with you on the snyder cut thing like oh no yeah, no I, so I, yeah I we're disagree with you total agreement not a hot take perfectly understandable no the thing is that like snyder fans are legit like going up in arms i was like oh my god warner bros discovery give us sex snyder no bro no i mean you I don't know they have local fans when they voted for it in the oscars bro for, um, the fan um fan votes bro, thing that one over the three spider-men really really garbage <laughs> garbage okay oh my exactly. god how we say it in Espanol, basura juice, okay? Trash <laughs> juice, okay? No, no. I would rather have Cinderella win, okay? Camila Cabello stands can take the W out of Snyder's hands, okay? I'm sorry. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you'd like to cover? No, no, good, man. Oh, speaking of the Joker, uh, hope our boy Barry Keegan gets well. He uh, recent, he had a tough weekend uh, in Dublin, but... Uh, Man, everybody deserves a second chance, even the Joker. So hope he gets the help he needs, and we'll see you on the next one. Have fun, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.